Welcome to the 50th episode of Three Men and a War Game. I'm Paul, and I can't believe I've edited 49 episodes up to this point. Holy shit, guys. 50 episodes. When we first started this thing, I thought it would be a thing we tried a couple times. Wasn't sure it was going to work. But here we are. 50 in, man. I'm Kevin. <laughs> I was I was like sitting there waiting. I'm like, this kind of went off uh, track. Uh, well, this is Potter. And uh, yeah, 50 episodes. Uh, I When you guys told me you were coming up on it, I was, I was shocked. I, I did not... Did not realize we were that that far along. This has been this has been fun. Well, I'll, I mean, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I never thought about episode numbers until somebody in Discord, uh, when when we were referencing an episode, said, "What episode number is that?" And I went and looked and realized that we were at forty eight. Yeah. Well, here we are. <sighs> yeah. So so we decided that it was fifty. So we should do something interesting for fifty. Yeah, as opposed to all our other episodes, they're not interesting. <laughs> Definitely just, not interesting. Don't don't no. listen to them. Just listen to this one. Just that, that's all. Yeah, clean slate. We'll don't start listen over. Listen to me. Uh, so, guys, before we get into the the fiftieth episode, sort of uh, uh, touchy feely, feel good stuff, we're going to talk about uh, <laughs> what have you guys been up to since the last time we talked? I'll, I'll actually I'll lead us off because I was uh, I was in a car accident. Uh, and then I was hospitalized for a couple days for uh, some some issues in my uh, in my belly, uh, which I'm fine, good, everything is good. But I had a pretty rough couple weeks, which is why we've been slow on on getting episodes out. Um, but since I got released from the hospital, yeah, it's, I got it's, a lot it's of... hard it's hard to record when one of your hosts is near death. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty scary there for a couple days, but uh, I'm fine. Um, but I, when I got out of the hospital, I, uh, I, had, I got real productive with my models. I, uh, I painted a whole War Cry War Band. Uh, I painted uh, some more Carnival models. I painted some Riot Quest models. Uh, I painted uh, two more models from another War Cry War Band. Yeah, so I've been, I've been busy. I've been painting. I've been getting a lot of hobby done. I've been playing a pretty good amount of War Cry. I think I've got like a dozen games of War Cry in and... Uh, an enormous amount of Riot Quest played. <laughs> played a ton of Riot Quest, um, which we'll talk about, you know, at some point. But yeah, that's that's been my hobby. It's been uh, being real sick and hurt, and then painting a lot. <laughs> you're you're like you're like Stephen King after he got hit by the van. You just become prolific and just write, and right? Write just and paint, write, paint, 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 paint. And I, I should be working on my rule set. That's what I should have been working on. But I was fucking in bed watching iZombie like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, so so I've just now realized that like I I guess I have to get in a car accident next cuz don't both don't of do you it. have been in car accidents. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Not not Can't recommend. recommend. <laughs> like uh, I mean I ha- I haven't I I was in one when I was a kid. Don't do it. Yep, wouldn't recommend it. Not a fun time. This is no. this is not this is not good omens though. Both of you now, uh, I'm a yeah, little scared. Let's, uh, let's let's leave that alone. Not think about that. But yeah, I, I did watch all of Neon Genesis Evangelion while I was in the hospital bed, and then I watched Eye Zombie, and then I got out and started painting again. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and that and, and the Neon Genesis Evangelion reference that you texted us was when I knew that you were in bad shape. Yeah, and yeah. All that stuff. And that was that was actually what informed my decision to start rewatching it, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, How about you, Potter? What have you been up to? I think the last time we talked you were uh just getting your Baratheons or, or something along those lines. Yes. I, I've painted I've painted a few of them. Uh, I've, I've learned that I hate yellow. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I've tried a different couple of different schemes on how to paint the yellow. So I'm still just, I'm still in the process of trying to figure out how I want to paint them. I, the metal recipe got down pat. Like I, I know how I'm doing all their armor, all their, all that stuff. Like that's easy. The war hammers are, are figured out. It's just, it's just the yellow cloth I got to figure out. So I'm in struggle on that, taking some time, but uh, I've gotten plenty of games in. Um, I've gotten, I've played against Night's Watch with these guys. I've played against Free Folk with these guys. Um, so you know, I, I've I've gotten some experience with them. Uh, learned some things uh, with them because I was taking uh, what you call it, the Flayed Men with them, because of the fact that the box that's only thirty five points. So to get up to that fifty or the forty. I was I was putting other units in just to try things out. You got a supplement. So yeah, so supplement just proxying. Um, decided not to go with the Flayedmen. I think they're just too expensive. But uh, I I figured that they would probably be a good representation of potentially what the Baratheons will get for their cavalry since we've gotten a, a nice snip, snippet of that. But other than that, man, WoW Classic is back, and it has just overtaken my life uh, a lot. A lot these last two weeks. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember those days back in the classic days. We're, we're just lucky that I'm recording right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we, we stole you away from your mage. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was going to just log in the background play my my paladin because i could just literally auto attack but then you know keystrokes and annoying editing so no i've turned it off i'm focusing on our our lovely listeners here focusing but on it, is, it is appreciated um let's see for me the big thing that i did paint wise i managed to finish all of the rebel wave one legion releases um what a year and a half after they came out but they're done so that's pretty exciting um, so that means that I went and based my 21 rebel troopers that I have, uh, painted and based Luke Skywalker, uh, painted and based the T-47 and painted and based two, uh, AT, ATRTs. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty hefty amount of stuff painted. Yeah. Uh, what else did I paint? Um, no, I think that's it. I think that was what I jumped right into because I was, I was, tired of painting from uh uh the song of ice and fire stuff so i i held off a bit um let's see i i got some uh bolt action minis because i want to start playing uh chain of command which is awesome uh because i had i had watched a video or two on it and i thought the deployment setup uh was actually really neat and dynamic and and takes away that annoying first turn where you just get in into position anyway um and i'd seen that a while ago and thought that was cool and then a a listener um had 
sent us a message on on facebook and was like hey check out this game and i was like oh it's that game that i was looking at and then um since getting uh my friend bob back out and and playing uh i sent him a message and said hey you're world you're a world war ii guy and you were a paratrooper uh do you want to play this with me and and basically the response was all right there are american paratroopers coming you're the germans <laughs> so i i jumped on that so I, I built a few of those i still have a ways to go but that's a slow build uh no rush on that uh i also managed to play a couple games of wild west exodus uh, 1.09 which has been great uh the more i play it the more i realize how good it is um and and had the realization the other night that when you're playing a scalp scalpel alpha strike army that when there's 20% more points on the board, you have to readjust your timing because now when you go in and kill stuff, if you use the same timing, the same tempo, uh, there's still enough stuff left to strike back pretty hard. So I got to I gotta analyze that and, and figure out how to, to play more efficiently with it. So that's kind of fun and exciting to look into and, and look forward to. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like that's like one of my big concerns with wild west x is kind of gone actually so that's that's very cool yeah it, it, was, it was actually pretty it was a pretty important realization because i was going man why am i so terrible at this game now and and that was a, that was it i was like why do i keep losing my people you know they they haven't been nerfed that badly they should still be pretty resilient and i was like oh there's more stuff left on the table when i'm sending them in i gotta yeah, i gotta whittle down thing. a little bit just, more yeah yep um, so, so I'm, I'm excited that now that I understand where my, uh, deficiency is, I can, I can fix it and make it better. Uh, also, since I painted the Star Wars Legion stuff, uh, I, I've played a couple games of Legion, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I've forgotten that you pulled me out to play Legion during the last two weeks too. So I forgot to mention that. Yep. 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 Got to play a game of Legion with Potter, which was fun. Uh, neither of us knew what we were doing, and we played a lot of stuff wrong. <laughs> it's been uh, so awesome. long since we played. And then, and then played played a game with uh, Bab, and and he taught me how to actually play, and and that's pretty awesome. And then somewhere in there, a, a, a rata points change came out, so I got to be irrationally angered at Fantasy Flight because they won't give me cards with the new points updates on them. Uh, but anyway, that's a that's a whole other episode of, of me <laughs> ranting and raving. But if you're on the Discord, I apologize for all of the excessive amounts of ranting and raving I did. But uh, I still stand by it. I'm pretty I'm pretty <laughs> sure it just wasn't you. No, no, I I dragged everybody down. Yeah, because I was like, I think I was right there on that molehill with you, bud. Yeah, I mean, it was. I I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen internet discussion back and forth like that since. Uh, I don't know, like election of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. But yeah, so I mean, so we've been up to a, a lot, and and luckily, unlike unlike Kevin, I've not been involved in any recent car accidents or anything like that. Um, I, I mean, unless you 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 figure that I I finally got all my legal stuff settled with mine that I had back in February, so that was kind of exciting. But oh, yeah. <clears throat> I did forget to mention something. Maybe the most important thing in my hobby the last couple of weeks. Uh-oh. Go for it. Whoops. Um, we started in the Madison, Wisconsin area a Malifaux Escalation League. Nice. nice. And the Escalation League worked that you bought a crew box. Uh, so it basically declared the crew that you're going to be playing through the league. 
Uh, we started the first week as a master plus 15 points, and we've been adding five points per week. And the stipulation is that you paint one model every week. You get one point for um, showing up and playing a game. You get one point for painting a model, and you get one point if the game you played had your newly painted model. Uh, and so we've got, I think, like 10 people all painting one new model per week for brand new crews for Malifaux 3rd Edition. So like basically kicking off 3rd Edition with new crews uh, and a cool, fun Escalation League, which has been really great, actually. That's a really cool way to do that. that, that you guys are doing a good job, good one with that yeah, one. That, that's, that's a good way to get people to paint yeah. stuff, but not feel like they have to paint everything. Right, everything. yeah. Yeah, just it's one model a week. Yeah, that's doable. That's absolutely doable. Yeah. Um, and, and you just reminded me that the uh, Wild West Exodus is having their special event for the holiday uh, model. And I've, I've submitted a, my games for that, which has been great. And Warrior Nation is currently in second place. That's the Dope. train heist, right? Yeah. What's that? The train heist. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The yeah. train heist. Outlaws are currently winning. Watchers were initially in third, but the order just kicked them off the table. Yeah, I, I, I'm sad to say that I have literally not played a single game of 1.09. Yeah, you're missing out. I know I am. It's just I, I've gone out to play, and just every single time that I've gone, the tables are already full, and players are already there, and there's nobody for me to play. And then I've gotten busy playing other things on Wednesday nights. So I know the other night you were playing Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, I was playing Song of Ice Fire the other night, and then I think there was a different Wednesday. I was, I think I played a Soyfi as well too that Wednesday. Yep, yep. I know. I know where your allegiance lies. It's okay. It's, it's I won't just, take it personally. It's 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 my kick right now, man. It's such a good game. I'm having so much fun it's with so, it. It's so good. Yeah. And again, I never thought I would like. When, when I bought that thing, I bought it kicking and screaming because I, I bought it just so that way I could pay Paul for watching my dog. And, you know, I was like, <laughs> I'm never going to play this damn game. I don't like rank and file, blah, 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 blah. I mean, just I have fallen in love with it head over uh, heels since we started playing it. I, it's so much yeah, fun. I think it's uh, it's one of the best games on the market. Like, I'll, I'll continue to keep singing its praises. Yeah. I mean, it, but, like, playing Legion the other day, like, now I'm amped to play that again because, like, I will, as, as much as we complained and we did our whatever on the Discord the other day, like, it's still the best mass battle game in my personal opinion. Um, Fully agree. It's just, it's it's still a ton of fun. Um, you know, so I want to figure out ways to put that back in my rotation. So... It's just, yeah, we, we got to figure out how to play all these games we're playing, you know, all the time so that way we don't lose our, uh, our knowledge on how to play the damn things. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. That's always the challenge, I guess, of, so. of being gamer ADD. Yep. Um, so speaking of being gamers, Chops, you want to roll us into uh, the main event? Yeah, I think what we wanted to talk about for our fifth episode was just to reminisce a little bit about what got us into the wargaming hobby uh why we stay in it and uh like what gaming sort of means to us i think i've captured that correctly right oh yeah Yeah. yep yep that is that is nice and succinct it and the the way that i think we should start this because the only time we ever talked about our 
road into wargaming and really where we are in our wargaming careers was in our first episode, which not a lot of people listen to. We know. Thank we God, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, also, the audio quality is abysmal. <laughs> yes, true. Um, I mean, we're still we're still learning. Uh, so imagine what the first episode was like. Um, yeah. But we've come a long way, and I think it's worth reintroducing ourselves a little bit in terms of like how we got into wargaming and um, what what we play, how we learned, and what we cut our teeth on. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good plan. Um, well, I can kick us off. I um, I started playing Warhammer Forty Thousand uh, in my eighth grade year of school in the U.S. educational system. Um, so, you know, I think that was the very start of third edition. Uh, the box that I got had Dark Eldar in it, and they had just been released. I believe that was third edition 40K. Um, and then I moved into Tyranids, and those two armies were what I basically collected and painted um, all the way through my high school career. And then, like most people, I got into college, and wargaming became, A, less interesting because you know, girls, girls. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also, also because I didn't have any fucking money. Uh, that's the truth. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of where my wargaming went uh, from the ages of, I'd say 19 to in my, my early thirties, um, maybe like just turning 30 years old. And right around that point, uh, this fellow that you guys might know, Paul, uh, started telling me about a game called Guild Ball uh, after he had been basically yammering my ear off about War Machine and Hordes and all sorts of miniature games while, while we had played uh, World of Warcraft in the previous decade. Well, and and, and um, to be fair, at that point you would, would you would yammer right back about Netrunner all the time. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I was playing a lot of Android Netrunner competitively at that time. Um, so, so it was a whole uh, lot of, I don't necessarily play your game, but I'll be glad to listen to you talk about it. Exactly. Uh, and I learned a lot about War Machine and, the, and the, the wargaming hobby, and it was, from a distance, really cool. And then you started telling me about Guild Ball, and I started looking at how much it would cost to play Guild Ball. And I was like, hey, this is reasonable. Whoops, biggest mistake I ever told myself. <laughs> uh and so a couple of years, you know, I'd say a couple of months later, uh, after learning about Guild Ball, I went to Gen Con uh, as a primarily a board gamer. I'd been working on my board game collection for a while. I'd been getting into board games and I just passed the Steam Forge booth and I couldn't help it. And I bought a whole Mason's team and that led into buying a whole Butcher's team and that led into buying a whole Mortician's team. Uh, I played a lot of Guild Ball. I tried to get a Guild Ball meta started in the in the Madison, Wisconsin area, uh, unsuccessfully for about a year, um, demoing what I could, trying to get out. And I had a fateful encounter uh, with a gentleman named Aaron Yoder, who's uh, now a good friend of mine. He's the local weird henchman who demoed Malifaux for me. Uh, and after my first demo of Malifaux, which was against another really nice gentleman named Nate, who I played board games with. Um, he played uh, Seamus, uh, and I can't honestly remember what I played in the first in my first demo. Maybe Rasputina, maybe Rasputina on Seamus, and I was hooked, man. Like before the demo was over, I had purchased the Sonya box, and the rest is history. I've been <laughs> playing. 
I've been playing Malifaux ever since. So that was uh, the, just in between Wave 3 and Wave 4 of Malifaux 2nd Edition. Um, and I've been playing Malifaux pretty seriously uh, ever since with a little bit of a gap there for the, the beta for 3rd Edition. Um, but my love for Malifaux is back and as strong as it ever was. So um, I think that's pretty much a, a succinct summation. You know, I've obviously dabbled in uh, a dozen other game systems uh, in between uh, from like Gates of Antares to Warcry to Age of Sigmar to Kill Team to Carnival to Wild West Exodus Eden. Like, you know, just the gamut at this point. Uh, Bushido. But... Um, my primary love is still Malifaux. Um, and yeah, that's, that's me. That's my wargaming career. Ah, I guess I'll go. So I started wargaming when I was 12. Um, I had just moved back to the U S I'd lived in Portugal, uh, prior to it on a third world country Island off the West coast and had nothing. And I came back to the States and I walked by a games workshop and I was like, what the hell is that? That's amazing. Um, just the models in the window, just seeing all the, you know, I was big into fantasy back then, the castles and everything for spending so many time in Europe. So I was hooked the moment I saw the models. Walked in, the store was doing a grand opening sale. I saved up my allowance, went in there, bought, I think it was the fifth edition box set at the time. It was Bretonians and Lizardmen. And I grabbed the Lizardmen, played them, went on the kitchen table, made my sister play the Bretonians. You know, and I, I was I was done, um, and then kind of fell off because I started playing some sports in high school and in middle school, so I didn't have a really lot of time for more gaming. But then I uh, met a friend of mine, Adrian, uh, in my engineering class, my junior year of high school, and he had a white dwarf. It was right after the Tyranids were getting their uh, their brand new resculpts, and um, for I think it was like their resculpts for fourth edition. I think they were getting. Or in, or right at the end of third edition or something, and he was like, "Yeah, play," and you know, talk to him, and they got me playing in a forty k, and I started playing Space Wolves and you know picked that up, and I dabbled. I didn't really go in the shop, didn't really play a lot. I just dabbled, mostly picked up the models because I thought it was cool and I liked building them. And then in college, I started hanging out at the local GW a lot, and made a couple of friends there, and figured out, hey man, if I'm if I'm hanging out here so much, might as well work here. So actually started working for the company. Um, and then was pretty much into that until I found War Machine. And I found the local group, the, the guys. We all moved there. And it was War Machine, War Machine, War Machine. Until I moved to North Carolina. And I met this guy named Paul. <laughs> and uh, he, I knew I met Paul through playing War Machine through a, a, a league. But I, I walked in one day and I, I kind of dropped off the scene a little bit because uh, I moved to a little bit further away from Raleigh and uh, he was playing this game called Malifaux <laughs> and he was showing someone how to play it. I was like, I was like, Oh, you know, I, I picked up a couple of those models back in first edition. It was kind of cool. And so ended up playing it and had fun. And just since then I've played Malifaux. I played Wild West Exodus. I, he got me back into my, to GW from my anti GW stance, which I'm now back in. <laughs> Uh, and you know my wallet has been the poorer for knowing paul since oh oh, i think that's one of the sweetest things anyone's ever said to me (laughs) 
Yeah, I think there's going to be a trend here, Paul. Yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm a bad influence. Just a little. Just a little. You're an expensive influence. I'll, I'll say <laughs> yeah. that. Well, you know, you weren't. You weren't. I don't know about bad. You really weren't that expensive of a bad influence until you're like, hey, Potter, I'm doing this podcast with this guy, Chops. You've talked to him a little bit about Guild Ball. Uh, what do you think? And then I've just been poor ever since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chops has a lot to do with that. Yeah, I, I yes, yes. I mean, let's let's be honest. Shh, my plan was to take the heat off me. <laughs> well, I'm not taking it. Well, see, it's still <laughs> Paul's fault. Had we had he never introduced me to you, then I would never have bought all these models because of Crack Pappy. Right. I'll I'll take that one. Um. All right. So so my history here is I'm I'm the old fart of the show. And uh, unlike these guys, I was not into wargaming when I was a kid and actually didn't get into it until I was uh, in my almost mid-twenties. At the time, I was playing a whole lot of World of Warcraft with Chops and uh, lots of other people, obviously, Um, you know, doing the stuff that that Potter's doing now with with Classic WoW. Um, Again, hey, I played vanilla back in the day. Don't, I'm not one of these new guys, okay? Sure, sure. Um, But was... Chops and I were, were pretty hardcore into raiding and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, when I was I was living in North Carolina um, from like 2000 until 2004. And while I was down here, I made friends with uh, who are now people that are now the Babs, uh, Connie and Kevin. And uh, Kevin Wargamed, and that was where I first heard of it from and uh, had, had seen it in, in the mall and had seen like Necron models. Like, that's really cool. It's like building model airplanes, which I did as a kid. And then you get to play them. That's cool. Never got into it. Um, so World of Warcraft comes in important here because I was at work one day and I was taking a break and I was reading about all of the updates that had just come out for World of Warcraft. And at the time it was uh, Blackwing Lair. And uh, was so I was reading up about Blackwing Lair and uh, some dude came up to me and was like, hey, what you reading? I was like, oh, just some stuff for some games, you know, game that I'm playing. And he's, he was like, do you play non-computer games? I was like, what do you mean? And so it turned out the dude played 40K, and I was like, oh, I've heard of this. And um, so we became fast friends over that, and needless to say, I I bought into 40K. Uh, My first army was Tau, which was awesome. And uh, uh, I don't know, there's some hilarious stories related to that, but that might be another time. Um, so we went and, and played Tau and then moved back. That was when I was up in New Jersey, moved back to North Carolina, um, and somehow managed to, uh, still raid pretty heavily in WoW and get into 40k and, and get out occasionally and play. Managed to keep my wife. I don't know how I did that. That's probably the most amazing thing. Um, but that's the real story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the most amazing thing. Uh, so, uh, eventually through playing 40 K going out and about playing in leagues and, and stuff like that. Uh, I ended up looking into war machine and, and made friends with a guy here who, uh, through fantasy and we decided that we were going to start playing some war machine. And all we were going to do was play with like a warcaster and, and a specific amount of beasts and like maybe a unit. So we never even balanced points. We just bought balanced models. Um, and we would sit at his house. I would bring my dogs over there, 
and we would literally play from like noon until midnight or one o'clock and just play six, seven, eight, nine games of these small games of War Machine, which was awesome. Um, because initially I wasn't too big into War Machine because uh, I kind of felt like all the models were static, the old metal ones, uh, you know, especially the Warjacks who should be these big evil, you know, like monster thing or, or giant robots and I felt like they were always just kind of standing there. Uh, and then I saw the uh, uh, the Warp Wolf with the giant sword and I said, Werewolves with swords, I'm in. Uh, so that was when I became a Circle Orberos player and that's what I was using all that time and then started slowly uh coming down and getting more hardcore into war machine uh eventually played in a journeyman league and uh that's how i met chris uh he sat at the end of my table and just heckled the fuck out of me (laughs) uh pissed me off so much i was like this guy's a freaking asshole i don't understand why he's even here he's just bothering the crap out of me and then finally i just turned to him i said please for the love of god up and he did and because he did i said hey i can be friends with him because he's not just a straight up jerk he's a considerate jerk that's the uh, nicest thing that anyone's ever said to me <laughs> so that that was that was kind of the beginning of my friendship with chris which is great um and you know we dabbled in some 40k stuff together and and uh, as i as I was getting more competitive into War Machine, I discovered Malifaux, and like right after they switched over to Second Edition, and was enamored by that game, and uh, watched the local community spin up, uh, which has been great because there's a lot of really good players in our, our local Malifaux community. Even though I, I mean, don't you really guys play still anymore. to this day have one of the most competitive metas in the country outside of like Chicago. Yeah, well, considering that. Uh, one of our guys took Nova and another one came in fourth. That's pretty impressive. Um, proud of all of them because they, they really do work really hard. Um, but it's, it's been, it's, it, it was impressive watching that. And then, uh, just kind of started dabbling in other games. Once we started doing this podcast, uh, especially once, uh, we were, we were talking the one night and chops goes, Hey, I won this starter set for this game called wild west exodus and uh then potter looked at it and said it's my favorite cartoon from when i was a kid we have to play so then i was all in yep uh but i mean that's that's pretty much my my history i mean what's really funny is so much of it depends on world of warcraft uh because otherwise i wouldn't know kevin uh and i wouldn't have had brian come up to me and go what are you looking at that looks cool do you play other things you know it's it's funny that you said that like I got more hardcore into WoW during vanilla uh, time frame because of wargaming. Uh, so ah. I was in, uh, so I, I was playing, and, you know, because so I didn't even know what Warcraft was when it first came out. Like, um, I just stopped in the GameStop and I saw on their pre order, I actually even think it was like EB Games back in the day, uh, like it was just on the pre order screen, like Warcraft. I was like, Cool. I was like, I grew up playing Warcraft 2, Warcraft 3, Starcraft. Like, those were some of my favorite games. Like, you know, my cousin and I would spend, we, we would be up till, you know, from, we would start playing like 8, 9 at night and be up till like 2, 3 in the morning just playing Warcraft and Starcraft together. And so I was like, fuck, fuck it's Warcraft. All right, cool. I'm pre ordering it. I don't even know what it is. I just, I thought it was another RTS coming out. I thought it was Warcraft 4. And, um, you know, so launch day comes, I go get it. I buy the collector's edition. I don't even know. Like I'm spending 60 bucks on this game. Have no fucking clue what it is. 
And I go get it and I, I play it. And then, you know, people in the in the game stores, you know, because I was working for GW at the time. And, you know, we get to start talking. And what I don't realize is, like, pretty much all these people that are in the store have all joined the same guild. I just didn't realize it because I was playing Horde at the time. And I was talking and one of the guys was like, hey, yeah, um, you know, we, we need Dwarf uh, Priest because we need Fear Ward for Ani. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll roll a Dwarf Priest and... That started me into like raiding and being more hardcore in the game and like doing something with a character instead of getting to level twenty and switching to something else because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So that's kind of right. it's kind of funny. Like your war gaming started because of WoW, but like my WoW kind of started because of war gaming. That's pretty hilarious. And the fact that the three of us were on the exact same server, <laughs> the exact same faction. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's that's even more hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's and that that's kind of the the background, right? I mean that's where where we all started, which is which is pretty crazy. Um, like I said, you know, you guys you guys both started really young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was probably oh gosh, twenty six, twenty seven, maybe when I started playing, maybe a little younger, but uh, yeah, no, probably twenty seven. But still older than us, right? Still older yeah, than that, us. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't. Are you guys even twenty seven <laughs> yet? Although, although that that <laughs> making that joke reminds me, <laughs> I I, rem- I remember when Chops turned twenty one, <laughs> which was a which was a pretty good long time ago, um, but yeah. So, um, so now that we have that out of the way, let's 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 talk a little bit more, um, because I'm I'm curious uh, as to what kind of positive things this hobby of ours has brought to your lives like how has it affected you in a good way sure i think um it helped like because i was a you know i've always been sort of like an introverted person right like growing up i was really introverted and wow actually in a funny way it's funny that a lot of this is going to come back to world of warcraft which is so strange uh um helped me become more extroverted, even though I wasn't in front of people. And I think getting into wargaming is just an extension of that, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, being able to be more comfortable in public spaces with strangers, ask random people to play games. Um, and I've become more extroverted through it. So I think one of the like really great things for me about wargaming has been my ability to make a new set of friends that I would have never been able to make because most of my friendships were through school or my workplace. Right. Um, which I don't think is too uncommon um, before, but now, you know, I've got uh, this hobby where I get to hang out with people who are extremely like-minded. It's not just the people that I was lucky enough to end up working at a place with, right? It's like people who actually share my interests. Um, And being able to hang out with those people once or twice a week and roll dice and flip cards um, is extremely therapeutic to me right it's like a it's a it's it's like being able to hang out with my tribe right like these are the people that like the stuff i like they you know and it it extends out of wargaming because the things that get you into wargaming you know preclude you to like other things too right generally um because of the the path that most people take through pop culture um so you know just having these like-minded people to hang out with bullshit with talk about stuff just 
once a week getting together. Like it's just a thing that I, you know, never had uh, before war gaming. I mean, I did in some regards, but not, you know, again, not with people who are really like zeroed in on the stuff that I like. Yeah. I mean, so for, for me, I've had two really good positive uh, things come out of Wargaming. Uh, so the first one, very similar in the lines with Chops. Um, I'm a military brat. Uh, so, you know, I I was used to moving around, you know, every four years. Uh, you know, by the time I was in uh, fifth grade, I had already gone through three elementary schools. Yeah, three elementary schools. Uh, I had... You know, two second grade teachers. I had three third grade teachers. I had two fifth grade teachers because of all the moving around I did. So I, I never got to make any lasting friendships, uh, which caused me, I think, to become a bit of an introvert uh, because of that. And then going into the wargaming world, and, and 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 I think a lot of it was coming from working at GW, seeing a lot of the repeat customers that would come in there all the time, and and, became, and being able to develop these friendships with these guys and and hang out with them. You know, we. Got to the point where we started going out to the local bar, uh, you know, bar restaurant called uh, Hard Times uh, up there. You know, there was like burger night, wing night. We'd always go out and hang out. Like, you, so we're hanging out all day at the store. Then we go out to, to the restaurant and we continue eating, you know. And, you know, I made a big move about six, seven years ago to come down to North Carolina for, for some personal reasons. And, um, you know, g- giving up those friendships was really hard for me because it was the first time that I really had made lasting friendships. But I have been lucky enough to keep in touch with the guys uh, that I'm friends with up there. Um, and specifically one person, uh, Steve, who is uh, Pokey, if you guys watch Advanced Maneuvers, uh, he's one of the guys that plays on that channel very prolifically. Um, you know, him and I, we can't speak for maybe a year, two years, whatever it is. Uh, I went up to DC a little while ago for work and I texted him, I was like, hey man, I'm up. And we went out to dinner and it was as if I never left, you know, and, and being able to pick up that friendship with someone like that uh, was it, it's it was good for me. It, it helped build some of that character. And, 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 and like Shop said, being able to go out and start meeting new people, because I don't think if I ever met those guys and had become friends with them the way I had, I don't think I would have been as outgoing and, you know, uh, heckling as I was <laughs> when I moved down to North Carolina. So, you know, so that's the first one. Uh, the second one was because we started playing War Machine pretty competitively. I think DC probably has one of the most competitive uh, War Machine uh, areas or uh, metas in the air in those in the na- in the nation. Um, and so playing competitively, I think, actually helped me with work, uh, really too, because I got lucky and went into a pretty high level career field at a very young age. Um, and I think because a lot of like thinking tactically and playing from that competitive mindset really actually helped me think critically at the workplace as well, too. So I, it's actually had a positive influence on my career as well, too, from being able to learn those skills at a young age at playing competitive wargaming at you know such a young age. So those are my positives. Wow. That's actually pretty cool that you were able to tie it back to work because... My one of mine kind of ties to work too, um, is that uh, somehow reading rule books and understanding them has allowed me to read government regulations and understand them, uh, <laughs> which <laughs> which is hilarious, but it's true um, that I that I can can fairly easily uh, 
figure out what they're attempting to say or what they're not saying or what they're actually saying, you know, all those kinds of things that you do when you sit there and you look at a rule set. Um, so it's, it's kind of, I've kind of created a, a career path for myself, uh, doing the same kind of things that I do for fun. Um, granted, I will say that I much prefer to read rules from games as opposed <laughs> to government regulations, but still, um, the fact that I can, I can translate that into an actual skill that I use on the job is, is pretty cool. Um, and the other thing too, is, is that. I guess I'm just stealing you from from you guys on this. Uh, is that I'm right there with chops as well uh, with with the friends because there's a lot of people that I know only because I wargame and they're really awesome people, uh, and and I wouldn't know them otherwise. And one of the things uh, I guess I'm not fully an introvert. Uh, I'm more of a selective introvert and it took my wife and I a really long time to figure this out because sometimes we would go out and I wouldn't talk to anybody. And then other times I would go out and be talking people's ears off to the point where I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't think they want me to talk to them anymore. Should I stop? I don't know. I'll just keep going. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and, and what I found out is that I'm until I know that I have something in common with some, somebody at an event or at a place, I won't talk. Mm-hmm. Right. So so the nice thing about wargaming and, and going out on, you know, other than just having it to look forward to as, as a part of my week is that I know I'm going to go out and see people and I have at least one thing in common with them, which is wargaming. Uh, and, you know, through that, I found other common ground and, and things to talk about. But there's always something wargaming to talk about, which makes it so much easier uh, in general to socialize, knowing knowing that you have that one thing in common and you can talk about for hours and hours. And let's face it, we're all war gamers. We could all talk about it for hours and hours and hours. Well, I mean, that's kind of... Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't disagree there. I mean, that's, that's, that kind of is exactly like how you and I really, really became friends was because you know, we went out wargaming and then there was that one night where we both found out we're huge Star Wars fans and we sat out the parking lot for like an additional hour or two just goobing over <laughs> Star Wars. Right, exactly, it, and and that's exactly what it is. It, it's that being able to finding that thing to talk about, uh, which which is always nice for me. But you know, in this case, with most of the people that I know at this point, the in has been wargaming one way or another. Yeah, um, which is great. Which which I appreciate. Um, and and like I said, I've met lots of cool people because of that. Uh, one or two here and there that I I, I don't prefer, but that's fine. Um, it's always gonna happen. <laughs> You know, overall, uh, 99.9% of the people that I've met through gaming have been awesome. Right. So that's, I mean, that's a, that's a huge advantage too. You know, like, like we're, we are lucky enough that we have something we can do every week, uh, to go and, and socialize and, and to be able to talk. And it's something other than drinking at a bar or something, you know what I mean? Like that's pretty rare. Yeah, it is. So now, now the next thing I I want I want a story from each of you. I want to know what is, um, whether it's I want I want to know like your most memorable game that you've had. Whether it's because you had a a lot of fun or it was just a really close game. Uh, what what's what's one of your most memorable uh, games that you've had? Ah, uh, mine is unfortunately kind of a negative one. Um, I felt really bad afterwards 
uh, about this. Jeez. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> well, so so it was it was it was right after War Machine kicked over to Second Edition, and I was playing Signar, and we went to a local tournament in the area. And the way that the the my and the, my group of friends were like every Saturday, we would get to the store at at open, and we would play until they kicked us out of the store all day long. And we would get two, three games in, and we never took the gloves off. Like, we were always going full throttle, just, you know, you know uh, what the hell was it, the uh, the old Privateer Press saying? Um, page five, man. Page, the page five. And that, play like you got there a pair. You go, play like you got a pair. And that that was us, man. Like, we were, we were always throwing new lists out. We were always trying to figure out what's going to be the best thing for the competitive ways. We were, we were always tinkering our competitive list, and we were always in that competitive mindset. So we're in a tournament. In round one, I'm faced up against this guy. He's playing Krios one, Minoth, and I'm playing Jeremiah Cray, uh, because in warm in right at the beginning of Mark two, Cray was very viable. Um, he was probably one of the top five casters for Signar at the time, and he left uh, Krios out hanging out in in a charge lane for me. So I, I used Jeremiah Cray's feet and I charged. Um, my hammersmith into him and killed and one shot at Krios. Like he had no no focus on him, no nothing, just dead. And it was like turn two of the game, and it was the guy flips out. He you know he starts cussing. He's like screw this game, blah blah blah. I'm getting tired of it. That the my general dies and then the game's over. Fuck this, blah blah blah. He goes outside and he sells his army. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! Wow. I, made, I was like, holy shit! I made this guy quit. Like, I've never made somebody quit a game before. Like, and I wasn't being a jerk. I didn't think I was being a jerk, but then again, I'm a, a giant asshole, so I probably was being a jerk. But <laughs> um, so what made me like that alone should make me feel bad as it is. What made me feel worse was apparently that was his first tournament. Worse? That was his first tournament. Uh, he had just started playing the game like two weeks earlier. Oh God! Oh, no. <laughs> you ruffle stopped him. I didn't know. He didn't tell me. Like no one told me. And I'm like, because we just started coming to this new store because our local store had just finally like just they we, we we had the last straw with them and all these new business tactics they were doing. Like they were charging us to play on their tables, um, you know, kind of stuff and and so we we go to this new store. So like I didn't know this guy. And we, I didn't know any of the people in the local area because this was in Fredericksburg, which is about 30 minutes south of where I lived in Woodbridge. And so, we, you know, we show up and it's me and, you know, all my friends. And I'm like, oh, God, like I felt really bad after that. All right. Well, let, let me ask you this. What what round was that? Round one. OK, well, that I mean, you get what you get in round one. Right. But I mean, <laughs> this guy just like he, he, he paid ten dollars to play in this tournament, you know. <laughs> And he spent I don't know how much money on this army, and then he just goes outside and probably sells it for like half off. Oh man! Yeah, I don't know, man. That feels like a pretty uh, a pretty rage quitting. Oh, it was. That, well, and, it, and a person who doesn't have the fortitude to stick through a, a painful loss, like yeah, I'm especially in about, round one. Well, and I think if I'm going to talk I mean, about it, one of my favorite games that I ever played. I think I've talked about it on the show before. So it kind of sucks because I think I've actually talked about the specific game. But you asked for a memorable game, so I'm going to give it to you. Yep, I want it. <laughs> uh, and the memorable game for me 
was playing Brewmaster into Fear Seamus. Um, and it was uh, Aaron, who I talked about earlier, basically on his path to taking, I think, second or third place at Adepticon with Boo Seamus. And he was learning how Boo Seamus worked. And we were all sort of learning how Boo Seamus worked. And the thing that makes it so memorable is, it, it, for people who don't play Malifaux, the thing that second edition Seamus could do is that if none of your models could see him, he could basically teleport 16 inches. Right. Uh, it's an ability called Back Alley. Um, and so what he does is he sets Seamus up by essentially using his ability, using his models that have lures to move and pull Seamus into position on turn one so that when Seamus activated, he could, uh, he could effectively teleport right next to my master, who at the time was Brewmaster. And the thing about Brewmaster is that you can't, in second edition, you couldn't let Brewmaster get into your models before you did something bad to him. Because once he started what's called the drinking contest, it was very hard to get out of it. It was a, the, the tar pittiest of all tar pit abilities. Um, and so it, the way that this worked out is that Boo Seamus teleported right next to my Brewmaster in turn one before I had activated Brewmaster um, and essentially forced me to take a bunch of willpower duels. And so if you guys don't know, uh, in second edition, in, in, uh, if you failed a fair, terrifying check, your model became paralyzed, which means it couldn't take an activation. Mm -hmm. And so the first activation for Brewmaster here was critical because he, had, he was able to pull a lot of models close. And if I had been able to go, I could have locked his important models down. Um, so you can guess the card that I flipped on my terror check to Boo Seamus. Oh, it was a black joker. It was a black joker. It was a black. <laughs> so I had exactly what I needed in my hand to cheat anything to oh, pass no. the terrifying check. Uh, and I flipped the black joker, which effectively meant I couldn't do anything. And from that point, it was just a comedy of errors. Uh, because after that first turn, he was able to just destroy my crew. Um and uh, and that was that. Oh, you know what? I have it backwards. It wasn't. It was even worse than Brewmaster. It was it was Ulix that I was playing. Oh. And so first turn, Ulix needs to effectively summon pigs. Yeah. And so it, yeah, I had it I had it wrong. So what what it really did was it stopped my entire summoning engine turn one. So I had no ability to bring the models onto the board that I needed to bring on the board to win the game. Um, so failing that willpower duel really, really fucked me. Yeah, that'll do it. All right, well, uh, we'll... So that was a that was a pretty memorable experience. I and I, I I valiantly played that game through turn three, man. You are. And you didn't like... sell your army in the parking lot. <laughs> no, dude, I still play Ulix now. <laughs> you were a, you were a better person than me because I would have I would have I would have rage quit. I mean, that that wasn't a normal circumstance, no, right? Wasn't. Like a full deck of cards. Like I had barely flipped anything at that point. Uh, I had everything I needed in my hand. It's just one of those moments where bad things happen in Malifaux, right? I flipped the Black Joker at the worst time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it cost me the game. Like very, very rarely does a single card flip cost you a game in Malifaux, but first turn Ulix summoning engine getting turned off is 
is pretty game breaking. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. I mean, that's one of the things like in his balance, though, right? Is that if you can turn off the the summoning engine, you know, he's a lot harder to to play. So, uh, you know, yep. that's kind of the the intended counter. Yep. And yeah, he he just happened to it, it went off perfectly. Um, but that made for a pretty memorable game. I uh, I must say. All right, so so Potter made somebody rage sell their game <laughs> mid tournament. Yeah. That feels real bad. <laughs> it, it, dude, it really did. It, I mean, oh, what, it felt bad. What I like about it though is that that story is like positive for Potter, but at the same time, like just awful for that other person. You, you know, cause yeah, then, I think I went. I think I went to place like third in that tournament. <laughs> and then, and then yours chops is like one of those just god-awful moments that you have where you just can't do anything about it um but except uh, laugh about it right it was yeah exactly hilarious and that's just it is it, like and that and that's and that's one of the fun things about wargaming is that you have those just absolutely ridiculous things that happen but become so memorable even though at the time it's just like well there's nothing i can do <laughs> um, that happened yeah, like like that happened for me at at Nova, uh, the the second year I went to Nova. Uh, we decided uh, there were a lot of North Carolina people going, and we threw together a couple uh, teams for the for trios, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but my team, none of us could put more than like one win together per round, so. We ended up like at the bottom of the heap and going into the last round, I had one of the most fun games I've ever played just because the person that I was paired up with was very relaxed because he had the same opinion I did of, well, we're close to the bottom, might as well just have fun. And the whole game, like as we were playing, we kept discussing like, the narrative of what was going on in the game as opposed to just playing the game uh which which made it amazing and uh what was he, he was playing 10 thunders and it was what shenlong is it shenlong who has the peasants as yep. the totem yeah so so basically my highlight of this game that became so much fun because we we started telling the narrative as we were playing was that i had a shikome in combat with a peasant couldn't kill the peasant for the life of me peasant couldn't do anything to the shikome so so visually basically you had this japanese bird woman flapping around this peasant who's whacking her with his broom and it it created one of the most ridiculous scenes in my head but absolutely loved it made it fun yeah it was just it was just one of those things where it was just super fun my team ended up coming in dead last. I got so much loot for that last place finish. It was fantastic. And and that made it made it absolutely memorable. And and what's funny is we had two North Carolina teams and we didn't come up with a name for our team, so our team name ended up being team better than the other North Carolina teams. <laughs> and <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> and so um it was even more hilarious when we finished dead you last got dead last did. yeah exactly and and considering con- and and there was a a few north care or at least one north carolina player on the team that won um which made it even funnier was that we were just like 
terrible. But like I said, we just couldn't put together more than one win at a time. And I, I think even that last round, I think none of I us I think the won. best thing about that story is the only thing you had to do was be better than that team. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like the, the ego of it was hilarious. And of course, I came up with the team name because you know from my Warcraft days how much I love naming things. And just, you know, like, that just came out of my mouth when, when Matt Stanley was like, you have to have a team name. <laughs> and we just kind of looked at each other. I was like, uh, team better than the other North Carolina team. <laughs> and, yeah, and and luck- luckily we didn't have to play them. So, I mean, we can we can never had to go head-to-head. But, I mean, it, was, it just made for, like, a really hilarious day. It was kind of frustrating in the first round, but... But by the end, I mean, it was just, it was just great. It was, a, it was a good day. It was a good time. Yeah, that's yeah. real. That's some real funny shit. Those, those teams. And that's it. Uh, I was just Go gonna ahead, say that those team tournaments can always be some of the most fun that that you do. I, I got lucky to do one at TempleCon, um, and just seeing that people, a lot of the people don't take the team tournaments seriously. They just go in there to have a good time. And playing against those guys are probably some of the best times you'll have in gaming. Yeah, well, I mean, I, at least with War Machine, you know, they've they've started doing pretty hardcore team tournaments. Uh, yeah, and, now and actually, now, the, yeah, yeah, and actually, the trios that we we did for that was actually based off of the uh, five team uh, WTC uh, events that they have the the World Team Championships yeah. that they run for War Machine. It was it was basically the same idea. Well, because of like the. The team tournaments for Malifaux are pretty hardcore now too, aren't they? Um, it's a big deal at Adepticon. Um, it's definitely not as uh, hardcore of an event as the Masters tournament, but I mean, it's got the big Adepticon trophies, and it's a it's a pretty um, it's a sought after event. It's an event that doesn't uh, that doesn't have tickets left when it starts. I'll say that. Gotcha. Yeah, I just remember. I don't know if it was like last year or the year before when uh, uh, Schmidt went up with his crew with the, all the American flag and all that other stuff that they did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they used to do that for uh, fantasy as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I knew Schmidt was to... a big fantasy player back in the day yeah they used to they used to switch out their uh uh banners and and put in american flags and stuff which was pretty hilarious yeah so all right so that's 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 memorable stuff um let's let's go the other way and 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 chops you put a good spin on something that was potentially terrible i put a good spin on something that was potentially terrible potter you made somebody else have something terrible (laughs) happen to them so (laughs) So, so what I want to know now is what is the worst, like the absolute just like low point of your gaming, uh, and it doesn't have to be sometime when you were just like pissed off, you know. But it, I mean, it could just just even when it's like there's nothing I can do, like, and it's just not even fun. What happened? Mm. That's what I want to know. Which time? No I'm joking. <laughs> You know, I, I guess... I don't know. Maybe you should lead us off here, Paul, because yeah. I don't know if I've got a good story I don't know if I do either. Man, I'm, I'm going to tell you uh, one of the worst experiences I've had was actually very recently uh, at the uh, Song of Ice and Fire tournament that we, we went to recently. Um, just where there was my, my second round. I mean, my first round I, I played against Potter, and that went, that went okay. I mean, he... He beat me pretty, 
solidly, but it was yeah. Uh, well, we had a lot of fun, I, so yeah, it was it was fun, and I there were times where I was like, okay, I think I have a chance to get back in this, and then you know things didn't go my way but it was more less less about tactical decision making and more about the dice rolls which is where you know you want those games to come down to uh but my my second round was just god awful and uh i mean i don't remember if we talked about it but it was just one of those things where i from from turn one i could see this brilliant move of running my free folk down down the right flank of the table, and I was going to get this brilliant char- turn one charge off into Tywin Lannister's crossbowmen and claim this objective turn one and then just be able to bring everything on from that side of the board. But the problem was I was playing into the Lannisters and anything you want to do against the Lannisters, they basically have a way of saying, no, you can't do that. So my, my moving of one unit that was going to be like, Four, four maneuvers and, and a charge turned into them making one move and then standing there getting shot off the table in turn one. And basically the rest of the game completely mirrored that. Like, I put together this other brilliant idea of, of having my giant run over giant spikes to do damage to himself so he could do more damage when he got into the charge. I rolled a one on my on my swing. Oh. Um, yeah. Luckily, uh, it wasn't a disordered charge, so I got to roll again and still missed. Mm. And so, I mean, that was like at that point, that was midway through the game. And and it was one of those things where it was just so miserable. Like you could see where it was going and there was nothing you could do about it. Uh, So at that point, I just said, all right, I'll be the first person to come in last. I guess I'll take it. Um, But that's that that was probably one of because. Because that was also, as as we've discussed, coming off of like a period of just horrible gaming as yeah. well, where I just couldn't win. Right? You had a then, you had a lot of bad <laughs> luck leading up to that tournament in a lot of your games. right. So and so it wasn't just was like Song this, of Ice and Fire, right? Exactly, and it was just that streak of terrible games kind of capped off by by that event and that game in particular. Um, but you know, being able to to just power through it and and still enjoy round three for a a casual game and and enjoy it um you know i'm still playing hate the free folk but still playing yeah because it's a great game uh i don't think i could think of any overall experience i mean because i think most of my games that i've had that are that are bad just overly bad games are just where i get frustrated at the dice because you know tactics go right dice go bad and that just frustrates me at a level um i i will say something that negatively that i used to do a lot as a player when i uh, would be and i still do this to to this day as well but you know because of playing war machine um it has a little bit more of a chance of happening because you get to sit there for your entire opponent's turn and you can sit there planning your your next turn like you know you're seeing what your opponent's doing you're starting building that plan and your tactics and your mind of okay this is what i'm going to do the next turn um this is how i'm going to counter what they just did kind of thing um so what i would used to do is i would get in there and i would build my four or five six step plan that i'm doing for the next turn but then i would start my turn and i would start at like step four Oh yeah, you don't want to do that. And, yeah, so like 
that's a kind of a thing that I would, would always negatively impact me as a player because of the fact that like, and, I, and I'm doing it to myself. No one's doing it to me. It, it's me doing it to myself. But there were so many games that I could have won in these tournaments where I could have placed higher, could have placed first, you know, or, or done better. But I shot myself in the foot. And those are a lot of the games that like come back to me and hark to me that, you know, where it's more of a little bit of a negative experience, but that's, you know, learning as a player. Uh, and like I said, the, the games we play these days because the minis game market has changed so much into a I go, you go, I go, you go. There's a lot less of a chance of that happening. Obviously, it's still going to. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was something that I used to do a lot that would negatively impact me a lot. Yeah, and that and that is a terrible thing to have happen when you're because it's less it's less bad in something like 40k. But right. where where War Machine everything is synergistic and is dependent upon doing things mm-hmm. in the right order, and you forget to move that one solo who has a good aura, and you needed him to, you know, successfully shoot something, and he's sitting in the back picking his nose. Uh, that that can that can feel terrible. Yep. Yeah. So, um, that that's that's kind of where that's that'll be my negative experience. Sure. How about you, Kev? Um, I don't really have a good story, mostly because I'm such a rosy and cheery individual. Uh, <laughs> I think um, maybe the only thing I can mention is uh, round three of my first Adepticon in my first major tournament, I played against a very that guy guy. Oof. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, that uh, was, you know, to the letter of the rules, but maybe a little bit of an asshole. Uh, and I, I got firmly beat by him, um, mo- mostly because I was really tilted. Um, and again, you know, you're going to run into that person at tournaments. So I, I just, I learned uh, a lot about how my tournament play would go from that day forward and how I would uh, treat tournament games and think about my losses and stuff and how I would uh, approach ga- the games mentally. I think that's the closest I can get to, though. I've, I've in general, always had a really good time playing war games. And for the most part, the people that play war games aren't trying to make you have a bad time. Like, they want, even if they're going to beat you, they still, you know, they don't want you to feel like you didn't have any fun. Right. Uh, so, it, you know, it, it, it's very hard for me to, to come up with a, a really bad story. Because for the most part, I seek out opponents that aren't dickheads. Um, and the people I play against, I typically, typically if I play against a dickhead, I don't play against that person ever again. Right. Right. Um, and I don't necessarily call them for it, but if they ask me for a game, I just tell them I have a game plan with someone else. Um, and that, that hasn't really happened in, in my Malifaux meta. Um, but you know, I think that's the only thing, the closest thing I can come to a bad story is like playing with dickheads. Chops, you just reminded me of one really bad game. Am I? Do I have time? Am I allowed to tell my story? Are we running out of time? No, you can you can tell your story. Star Wars Legion. Go in for a league game. Never played this guy ever before. Go up and tell him. Was like, hey man, the podcast guys have challenged me to make Vader and Palpatine work. So I'm playing a very fun Palpatine Vader list. He's like, oh that's cool. I don't play competitive lists either. Brings out the absolute most competitive Palpatine list ever. 
and we literally don't even shoot each other for the first two turns because we're just staying out of each other. We're waiting for each other's line of sight. He camps on a molehill, puts his entire army there. That was literally the most unfun game I have ever played. I think I was texting you guys. It was like, this game is horrible. And it was just like, the guy's like, yeah, I don't play competitive lists. It's going to be fun, blah, blah, blah. All right, we're going to pick sides. I'm going to put this mountain right here. And I'm going to put my whole army on I top of it. I definitely remember that. And I'm like, oh, my God. And he just was like, oh, it was, it, was, it was the absolute worst game. And he was a rules lawyer on top of that. And I'm like, dude, I told you I'm learning this list. This is a fun list. I, 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 was, I, I shut off after turn two. And I, I finally, at turn four, I just started feeding bodies to him so the game would end. <laughs> like I it was like I I was like half heartedly throwing dice. I was like I don't care, kill my stuff. I just want this to end so I can go home because you're a horrible person. And speaking to someone <laughs> later, apparently that person has a reputation at the store. Had I known that, I would have never accepted the game because like I never met this guy before. Um, yeah, that that was that was probably the worst game I've ever played in the history of my wargaming. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. Yeah, he was. That guy, I mean, he wasn't a jerk, like, outwardly. <laughs> like, he wasn't, right. like, he wasn't being a dick about things. He wasn't being rude. He just was playing a dick list, and after saying that, you know, not being a competitive player put the most competitive Palpatine list at the time, like, it was definitely a, a net deck list. Um, it was pulled right. straight off the internet. Um, it was verbatim everything. He he placed the terrain in, in the way that he wanted it. Uh, so he could can- so he could castle his entire I mean literally all 800 points on one piece of terrain. <laughs> yeah, that's miserable. Yeah. I mean he brought like three medic droids, two units of uh, guardsmen with a steam leader. I mean nothing was dying. Nothing. I was just like here, eat stormtroopers. I'm done with this game. <laughs> You're you're reminding me of, of of a game that drove me out of 40k uh, way back in fifth edition. Uh, kind of the same idea. Uh, I mean, it was a it was a narrative campaign or whatever. But I was playing Tyranids at the time. You know, in in 40k, you can definitely build to specific armies. So I faced off a bike orc army that was nothing but twin linked flamers. Oh. Mm-hmm. I've never removed models from a table so quick in my life and basically walked away and said, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to go check out that war machine. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's, 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 yeah. Uh, all right. So, so my last question for you guys, uh, and, and chops, you might've touched on this, but I want to know currently what your favorite game is and why i think um i think my favorite game right now is malifo third edition um you know i have a lot of like uh i'll say like like hot flames you know what i mean like games that come into my into my repertoire and i feel really strongly about them at first and they kind of fade um and and malifo's never done that um 
you know, I, I constantly feel like I found the next game that I'm going to stick with for a long time. And so far, I haven't actually ever stuck with another game except for Malifaux. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a good feeling about one of the other games I'm playing, but I don't want to jinx it, so I'm not going to talk about it. Um, but it's definitely Malifaux. And the reason that I like Malifaux so much um, is it's one of the most evocative games thematically, um, which is helpful for me. Um, and it, and because it's so evocative, it makes almost every game that you play of it very memorable. Um, and so I, I, I really enjoy it for that reason. Um, and I, th- I think I can't, uh, I can't say enough good things about the third edition of the game right now. It's in a really good place. Um, and now that I've, you know, got a dozen or so games in, I, I feel just as strongly as I ever have. And I think it's better than second edition. So Malifaux third edition, I think is my pick for my favorite game. And and the reason why is that it's always variable. Every game is different. Uh, and it always leads to fun stories and laughter while you're playing. That's like pretty much it for me. That is, I mean, that is one thing that I always noticed about Malifaux is that even when those bad things are happening to you, people are laughing. Yeah, it's a it's it's a great game for that man. Yep. Like mm, sometimes people are laughing. I've had that black yeah, I've had that usually. black joker come up at a clutch time and was like, "Fuck this." Yeah, but usually most of the times so no, you're you're, you're, right. you're a giant you're, asshole, so you're the it, exception. It, true, true. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I will take that card. I will take that card. But uh, you know, most of the time it's it when somebody flips a black joker at an opportune time, usually at least at least in my experience, usually it's preceded with a, this is a really important flip. I'll probably flip the black joker and then you do. And, and then, then you flip it. it. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes mm-hmm. it funny. And then inevitably it like the next thing is the red joker, it, you know, if it's like a negative. Yeah. And I, I'd also say that the few times where I have gotten upset at it is when I was playing competitively. Um, every time I go and play Malifaux just for fun, I always enjoy the game and I'm always having a fun time. And when those black jokers come up, they are fun. Yep. Yep, and that, and I, I've always felt that that is one of the good things about Malifaux. How about you, Chris? Um, and it, you know, it's it's oh, a game too where like, sorry, where like anybody can play. You can find a thing that you'll like aesthetically and play style wise, right? It's just a game that has so much variance and so much flavor that anybody can jump in and find a thing that they're going to have fun doing. I don't know. Right now, I'm 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 challenging that statement pretty hardcore. <laughs> I I feel like though. You might have. I mean, we can talk about it offline. Um, yep. But no, I feel. Like I, I I'm going to stand by my statement. No, no, I I agree. Like, there's no reason why I shouldn't be having trouble finding something. All right, Chris, how about you? Uh, right now the the game I'm loving the most is is a Soyfi, um, a Song of Ice Fire. I um, I mean, I've got three games that I would probably compete with each other, but right now that one's the one that comes on the top. Uh, mostly just, I really love the fact that the terrain it, it comes into play more than just like, okay, cool, you're slowed down or you get you know you get some extra defense. Um, you know, the fact that they have effects on the table in terms of like making your charges disorder. Uh, the terrain's breakable. Uh, you can get scared of corpses on the field. You're inspired by the weird woods. Like the the fact that there's these these pieces of terrain that actually have impact on the gameplay. I really like that. And the 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 Game of Thrones, the the NCU board on the side. I just 
those two things combined right now make that game my top game. They just they add such a layer of depth to it. They they change the um, the mechanics of traditional rank and file games so much uh, to make it that much extra level of uh, outside of those you know those traditions of those games. So I absolutely love them. Uh, one of the other things I'm loving about it is watching the community grow. Um, and this is why like Wild West Exodus has that kind of it's they're like right there neck and neck uh, because the same thing with Wild West Exodus, you know, watching the community grow has been a lot of fun, getting new people in the game, meeting new people. Uh, but just something feels a little bit different for me about the, the Asoifi community growing. And I, I think a little bit it has to do with our community leader, Britt. Uh, he's such a fantastic guy. Um, and he's, he's running so many different, uh, communities at the same time. And just the, the seeing the energy and the, uh, how much he puts and the effort he puts into it, the, the fact that he, you can see the passion he has behind the games. I think that really helps energize, uh, the Sophie community that much more. And, and I've, I've really enjoyed it, uh, playing it. Setting of Ice and Fire is a great game. It is a very yep. good game. Yep, nice simple rule set yep. too. And and the other thing you didn't mention that I really like about it is I think the objectives in the game are really well done. Yep, and they keep getting and, better. And they get better and and we've been seeing some some betas for the 1.5 version. We've seen uh, yeah, we've seen uh, where betas of... he's trying to update them and make them better and and like you know, like like certain ones that are are really random. He's adjusting them and 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 stuff like that. So I mean, that's just really good to see. Um, you know, yeah, that... the game's being supported very well, in a very good way by Simon. Yeah, and then I mean, the, also the fact that the game developer has a podcast associated to what he's doing and why he's doing it. You know, it's that that transparency that you don't always get with a lot of games unless you're, you know, part of the volunteer programs that these companies have or you've got that inside edge. I mean, this guy's going out there and going, this is me explaining why I did this with the game in his podcast format. And he puts it out there. And that's really cool to listen to. Um, and, and I appreciate that. Yep. And. And if you have any interesting games, which obviously we do, it's fascinating to hear him discuss things when he goes through and and talks about development of of things that he's mm-hmm. he's created. Um, it's it it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's really awesome. I love listening to that for that reason. He doesn't do that as much as he does list building, but when he does do it, it's great. And the other thing I like about that, as far as list building, is that like he's very much uh willing to to tell the internet group think that they're wrong mm-hmm. which i think is great yep and there needs to be oh he does that a lot yeah and there, michael there's... chanel does that a lot there needs to be more yeah. of that so especially like around the uh like the the cross the big the the scorpions yeah yes like that was one of the best right because the internet community was like this thing sucks and no one's ever going to use it and he was like it's really fun for you to say that before you've played it and now it gets played constantly yep i mean and that's just it is he's very willing to you know i i've I've heard him in in things say you know well this is how people are trying to use it that's wrong like that's not how you should be using this at all and you're going to have a hard time if you're trying to use it that way, which is great because there's not many people, not many game designers who are willing to openly come out and just say, Hey, the reason why you're having a hard time with this or this unit, or you don't like this unit 
is because you're doing it wrong, right? I mean, even even just uh, listening to him talk about flayed men versus uh, the bastards girls, right? He's like, I prefer the bastards girls, right? They're they're less expensive, but you have to use them right. You know, flayed ones you can just throw at anything, and they're probably going to do what you want them to do. Um, so just just very interesting listening to him talk about you know a finesse universe, a, a very obvious, easy to use. Universe. Yeah. All right, Paul. So yeah. what's yours? You're going to shock me here. I, I am going to shock you. No, I'm not really going to shock you. But uh, what's shocking about it is that it's been over a year and I'm still enjoying it. Uh, and that's that's uh, Wild West Exodus. And one of the things that I've, I've really been enjoying about it, especially lately, um, is the more narrative side of the game. And I think actually playing Song of Ice and Fire has freed me up to appreciate the narrative side of Wild West Exodus because that's definitely where it is stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being able to to still visualize a lot of that narrative of what's going on in the game while still feeling like it's a it's a good rule set and a fun rule set, but just to see them expanding on things like trying out the new train robbery scenarios that they're releasing um has just been a lot of fun just just because it's a different setup it's a different objective um and and even just being able to link them together it's really made me want to go back and play the badland campaigns and you know just like we were talking about with the song of ice and fire we're seeing constant improvement uh from uh war cradle on the game yep uh, you know, one one oh nine was a huge update to the game. I mean, every model in the game got some type of change, uh, and and the more games I get, the more I realize how good some of those changes are, which is which is super exciting. Uh, and and I, I think so. de- development wise, I think they're definitely uh, approaching more from from the narrative side of things. Oh yeah, 100%. Uh, which. Which is which again? I have a Song of Ice and Fire to be a, com- a straight up competitive game, uh, so I I don't feel like I'm missing out. I don't feel like I need Wild West Exodus at this point to be that for me. Um, which which having that realization uh, kind of made me fall back in love with it, and you know because there was a some frustration, but uh, at the same time just burnout from from looking over cards during beta. Yeah. Uh, there were I, I definitely went through a lot of burnout and and just having having less time to get out and play because the the kid was going off to college and stuff like that and then coming out and playing a, a wonderful game of it uh, really reignited that for me which has been which has been good uh, but I mean just 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 that overall narrativeness of it and and that visualization of a a gunfight um, just. I'll always love that, and and obviously from some things I've talked about tonight, even with Malifaux, that was that was something I enjoyed there. But I feel like it's so strong with this game. Agree. So, and I and I think a lot of the things you're talking about with the narrativeness and the, where the 1.09 setup, I, I think with what we've been getting, we're getting a little, we're getting a little bit more transparency with you know Wild West Exodus as well too, because the War Cradle guys have started doing their blogs that they're putting out to the community now, letting them know what they're working on. Because not only are they working on Wild West Exodus, Dystopian Wars, um, you know, Armor Clash, they've also got this new Cthulhu-based game that they're coming out with that they've talked about at uh, Gen Con. 
And mm-hmm. then they've also got, you know, Lost World. And I think where they have the 1.09 changes that they've made and that where the development is going with that, I, I really, it makes me even more excited to see Lost World exist. I really want to see what they start doing with that game. I, I want to see a little bit more than the art. I want to I want to start seeing what units are going to look like, what special rules. I, I like to start seeing a little bit more, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see more. I'm I'm really excited to see more dystopian wars as well. I'm just kind of kind of uh, interested in seeing that naval side of the game. I think that'll be be fun to look at uh, at the very least. Dabble in, um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 exciting. It's an exciting game. There's lots of stuff going on. I think all three games that we just brought up as our favorites uh, are 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 in really good places, mm-hmm. and both of them are are kind of young in their in their phase right now right malifaux's third edition's what basically weeks old um yeah it's it's pretty new yeah and and song of ice and fire is a year old but i feel like at least here it's just catching on yep just right? catching like the, on and it, yeah. it's catching fire man like, right and and are... that's that's just it is that like it was it was quiet and then now it's just it's just there's all of a sudden people, people are groups. starting to realize that it's such a good yeah. game, right? right? And I think there are, I think there were people that were being disenchanted from other games that, that ended up going, and I don't know what those games were necessarily. Um, maybe a little bit of 40K, um, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe a little bit of War Machine. I think some War Machine players have landed in A Song of Ice and Fire Land pretty firmly, um, which actually makes sense to me because it's a pretty balanced and... Uh, competitive rule set Mm -hmm. yep and 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 it also touches more on the the feel of war as opposed to the other place where those players end up which is guild ball right right you know um but yeah so i mean and then and then uh i mean let's face it without it being a new edition 1.09 for wild west exodus is basically as close as you can get to a new edition without changing the the basic game it really is edition itself yep 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 I mean, I mean, it, it changed a lot. Um, so both of those are, the, you know, that and Malifaux came out about the same time. So it's all it's all new and shiny and exciting. So there's there's a lot to talk about, which is good for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we can have another another 50 episodes and, and, and beyond, hopefully. And if you're um, still listening, thank you for reminiscing with us here. And we'll get back to your regularly scheduled programming <laughs> uh, next episode. And, and yeah, we've and, got some pretty good stuff in the pipe. Good ideas coming up. Yeah, and we also have, like, the, the end of summer now. So, you know, we're not going to be uh, hopefully getting into car wrecks and staying in the hospital and having kids go to college and vacations and all that stuff so we should we should be back to a a weekly schedule which will be nice well there'll be there'll be one week where i go on vacation but hopefully we'll 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 plan ahead of time for that yeah that yeah at that point that shouldn't necessarily interrupt because we're planning for that um four weeks buddy yeah so four weeks i know that's exciting um but so and then and then seriously, since since we're spending some time to reminisce and stuff, let's uh, let's make sure that we thank uh, our patrons uh, who are who are super helpful uh, in in funding this. Uh, just because it's nice to not have to worry about you know where's, where's where our hosting fees from? are yeah, going to come from and all that. 
which is fantastic and it's allowing us to uh look at some other places to put content uh i know we keep talking about wanting to do stuff on on youtube but uh there are plans and we will discuss some of them with you guys soon but one or two of them if you've if you've been on the discord you may have seen some hints of it um but yeah i believe i believe one of them is very soon ready to go and Mm -hmm. um i just got some stuff today in the mail that's going to allow me to start doing that as well so there should be should be more formats more more media from us which is exciting um so we'll we'll let you know as soon as we know more but thank you patrons for for allowing us to to be able to do these types of things uh and get get out there and do it thank you guys very much yeah yeah we we mean it uh it's it's you know like uh i was i was saying to somebody the other day uh you know we started this because we wanted to talk about games and this was just an excuse for us to talk about it and it's just amazing that people listen yep so i mean we're constantly amazed yeah and and these guys these guys hear me talk about it all the time i'm always looking to see where people are listening from and uh i mean we have a (laughs) we have a worldwide audience which is kind of scary you know some some people in western australia listen regularly because there there's consistent downloads there and uh this this week the uh we had one in egypt which i thought was unusual i believe that was our first egyptian download um so so we're always finding weird and interesting places that are showing up that i'm going who who who's over there listening <laughs> which is which is kind of cool so i i'm always bugging these guys with with where cool downloads are happening um but no seriously uh thanks everybody for for listening for all that time uh if you if you are listening and you want to support us on patreon or patreon uh it's patreon.com slash three men in a war game uh we are on twitter i don't use it as much as i should but i'm trying to get back in the habit of posting something every day follow us there it's at three men in a war game but it's the number uh we use facebook but we're more active on discord i know a lot of people use facebook as like a group discussion situation but uh our discord which we'll have a link in the show description that's where we we like to go and talk and it is active Mm -hmm. at pretty much all times of the day because we have people from all all uh, different different parts of the world yeah which is really cool uh and and to give you a, a cool thing about the discord is is that the other day somebody was mentioning that they were looking for four pieces from this old GW kit that they couldn't get anymore because it was a fantasy battle kit, some dark elves and somebody else in discord was like, Hey, I have those. Let me send them to you because I'm never going to do anything with them. So it's, it's, it's cool to see the people getting brought together to, to help each other out in that way. Yeah, I agree. That was like the coolest thing that's ever happened in our Discord server. Yeah, no, I mean that was that was just so cool to see that to see that happen. You know, go from oh, I I have this, I need it, to somebody else going, yeah, well, here you go, and then and then pictures of it showing up mm-hmm. and being used was just was just yeah. Awesome. I, I so, caught the tail end of that. I thought they were two guys that were local. I didn't realize they had never met each other. So that was that was yeah. Really it, was, cool. it was somebody from North Carolina, and the and the 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 bits went to Oklahoma. So, which is which is really cool. So, uh, come join us on there. Uh, we like to talk games. Yep. A lot. And if and if you guys, uh, another way that you guys can support us, if you'd like to, uh, we do have merchandise store now. 
Um, it's uh, uh, Zazzle, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E dot com slash three minute war game. Uh, we've got shirts, mugs, stickers, cell phone cases, you name it. We, we've got stuff up there. So if it's something you guys would like to do, again, all the proceeds we get go into same as our Patreon of, of producing new content for you guys, getting better equipment. It all just 100% goes back into the show. Yep. Yeah, which is great. Um, so we, we appreciate any of any of that support. Um, and we also appreciate Static as a City for the awesome music that we have at the top and bottom of our show. Because without that, then it would be really boring if we didn't have good music and we have cool music. I believe that covers all of our, uh, all of our cool obligations music. and our shilling, uh, which, is, which is great. So um, last thoughts. Last thoughts on, on our first 50 episodes. Chops, go ahead. Holy shit, I can't believe we're still doing this, but I'm so happy we are. <laughs> Potter? Uh, I'm really glad I did this with you guys. It's it's been, it's been something that was needed at the right time. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you. And I appreciate our listeners. Thank you. Awesome. And and for me, I, I think Chops actually has said it a couple times now. Uh, as somebody with, with ADHD, I'm I'm amazed that I'm able to, to keep keep this together and keep editing shows and uh, uh, that it didn't turn into a, a two-episode thing and, and languish uh, because I look forward to it every week. It's fantastic. So thanks thanks everybody for, for listening, and thanks to these two guys for uh, coming along with my silly idea of, of talking and recording it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so seriously, thanks thanks for listening, everybody. Dun, 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 dun. I can just hear the music. Boo.